The podcast which you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed by the three assholes recording it are done so solely for comedy purposes. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Whiskey Reel. Four and three and two and one. No reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of good or evil. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. Got that? Come on now, dog. You know I give you the mad, fat, superfly, stupid, dope, dumbass, retarded, bomb shit props. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! I can't read to children. I can't sure. do this. I can't do that. So telling me I can't perform in a certain sport, whether or not that's right or not, it doesn't matter. We have to get to a point where the culture war is not being fomented to the point where we we have to get to the point where everybody is so comfortable talking about this, where those nuanced conversations can happen. Yeah. We're not there yet. We're no, not we're there not yet. there yet. But we will be. And we maybe, will be. And maybe I'm part of a demographic, you know, like we're we're the pretty much the same age. I mean, where we could still, I don't, how do I say this? I, I mean, I, I still know that, that trans men are men. And I understand you're going to identify as a woman and I would never dead name you. And I, I want you to have all the rights as an American that you're going to have. Your main concern is athletics. My main concern is athletics, and I don't your want, only concern. I don't want little girls to get beat up by men. I don't want little girls to have to play basketball against a guy. I don't, and okay. I, and I get it. I understand. Trent. I'm not an idiot, right? And I'm not a bigot, and I, I'm not. But also, I want to protect those little girls and have. I want them to have their space. I, number one, and I can allow for trans people to have their totally, space. totally, hundred percent. I, I want I, them. I, they need to have their. They earn their right to have their space. The 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 argument to it is, number one, this is a nuanced conversation in the middle of a conversation that we're not prepared to have yet, right? As no, a society, for sure, for sure. Now we understand that trans folks have definitive unalienable rights. They should be recognized for what they choose to be recognized as. That's not your decision or my decision to think of. That's well, no, their they're decision. Humans and they're Americans. Now, exactly. By virtue And they're good people. By by no, well not all of there's trans assholes too. Just like there's assholes of everybody. Of there are. But but the 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 timbre of society right now, the general v- frequency that this society is vibrating at is we're right on the precipice of a very this is like pre this is like pre civil rights. This is like we know it's going to come, it's going to take some work and I'm not by no way am I comparing the two by virtue of magnitude because you got to remember trans folks in the population I think are are a something less than a percent I think or 1%. Oh yeah. Either way, it's a very 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 small portion of uh, the U.S. population. However, they need their protections as well. And we are overcorrecting in society. We don't know how to react to this yet. The people that are, are good intentioned and good faith and, and are smart and understand emotional intelligence want to say, I want to bring you in. I want to give you everything. I And that's my feeling. That's your feeling. Your main point is specifically as it relates to athletics and you brought up 
you brought up MMA and there's a, there's a, somebody who identifies as a woman now and they're just running roughshod through the UFC, uh, physically hurting women, um, biological women. And that's something that happened and hasn't happened since. So right, right. There's, yeah. there's it, going, was a, it was a one-off situation. We're going to need to get to a point where we can have nuanced conversations and we can't yet. Because everything that is or is viewed as anti-trans is leading you down if, okay, so you say, I don't like the idea of, of biological men competing as women against other women. That statement alone, there's a definitive arc that leads to they want us all dead. And you can see how that arc can be drawn based on the rhetoric of what's happening in politics right now. 100%. There, there's more bills against trans people than there are against anything else in America. And there's, there's hundreds. In the grand scheme, there's a handful of people that we're talking about. Exactly. So it, why, what I, why I was saying to you is it's not a bad argument, but it needs to be an argument that we can have rationally. And right now... That argument's not going to be had rationally right now. There's too much feeling. Yeah. There's too much of n- unknown involved. I th- and I think you know me well enough to know that I'm going to intelligently have that Ooh. argument. You will. But other people, this is a fucking gateway drug to... Oh, are you kidding me? It yeah. goes from sports to bathrooms to uh, grooming to drag time story hour to this to that and next thing you know it's they're bad people and they need to not exist kitty litter in the bathrooms and right. all the other bullshit which is weird because and... all those all those things never got retracted no yeah, i know even the no evidence let's just oh, say I know. I know. say words 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 and don't you know speaking of not retracting i just feel like I. uh in this conversation i'm a proxy parent and I have a I have a little girl. And you do. You have a girl of that age. And she this is probably might pop up. I mean, and Izzy's not big into athletics or whatever, but like she's a theater nerd. But like <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but you know, the theater is someplace where like um androgyny was like perfectly fucking accepted. Exactly. Nobody ever blinked an eye no. about it. Well, in Greek in Greek theater back in the days, men played all roles. Except for fucking poor women that probably would have loved to have been a part of those plays. Hey, <laughs> step it up, bitch. <laughs> Be better. How many weird like <laughs> evolutions in this conversation has society been in? I know. You know what I mean. All roads lead to Nathan Lane and and, and Monty Python. <laughs> and Monty Python. It's well, all the Monty English Python. famously love androgyny. They were fine with it. This is part of the English. They're so repressed sexually and, and socially. If you were one of the two women there were ever in a fucking Monty Python film, <laughs> then Dude, you you were good. Monty Python, we grew up giggling our asses off to Benny Hill, which 100%. might have been one of the most misogynist things ever, but that is English humor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. That being said, what's really cool about what we're talking about it's not just that. We did not plan this. No, which is fine. Those are usually the best moments. Yeah. What's also a fun sliding scale is watching the most watched news organization in America have to fork over almost $800 million. And you ask yourself. That's a, that's a good amount of money. You ask yourself. Um, 
what does that mean to them? Uh, and the answer is this. The, Fox News generates $1.2 billion in profit a year. So you say, huh, what's $800 million? And the answer is this, my friends. And a lot of you out here know this. Because of what your value doesn't mean that you're solvent money. So a guy that could be worth a million dollars because he has a, a $800,000 house and he has a car and he has a few assets. If you asked him for $10,000 right now, he might not be able to give it to you because that money is tied up elsewhere. Yep. He's not solvent. I'm pretty sure Fox can pull off the solvency for this claim with Dominion. Obviously, that's what we're talking about. Yes. Um, and I'll give you a funny side note on why that's important to clarify because I just saw a, a, a journalist ask for like reputable. These are people that have run for public office. These aren't just, you know, Cletus behind the trailer. These are professional people that watch Fox. How many people knew about this case? And two of them raised their hands. Right. It's because Fox won't cover it because obviously. Why would you cover the truth? This is the whole point of the lawsuit. So they got a hit with that. Next up is Smartmatic, which is another voting system that's suing for more than twice what Dominion is. So what happened, even though Fox never has to apologize, never has to retract anything, which they wouldn't anyway, they just move on to the next subject. Uh, they, they, they're consistently wrong and never go back and retract their words. I've never seen it. If they've done it, awesome. But I'm pretty sure you can't find any tape on that. What's going to happen is this sets precedence. So Fox is not wanting their news anchors and the people that work at Fox on the stand to have testimony that then can be used in other cases because now it's on the record. So instead, they want to pay. Great. If they thought they were free and clear, they would have just fought it. Obviously, they know they were dirty. Great. Smartmatic comes along and sues for $2.6 billion. They're going to have to continue to pay and pay and pay. And this, we Bobby and I talked about it, with no hyperbole can lead to Fox News insolvency. That means they're not going to have enough money to operate, like legit operate. Yeah. Which means they're probably going to have to file Chapter 11, yeah. which opens up a whole new thing. Um, that being said, I don't dislike people getting their comeuppance. Granted, Dominion, everybody's kind of mad that they didn't go to trial. Dominion's a business. They don't care about the politics in this. It's not like they were fight fighters for the right and democracy. They're just a business that got defamed and sued and got some money. No, they have a big market share and they want to protect their market That's share. It. That's but it. But they're not they're not responsible for preserving democracy, is what I'm saying. No. It's not like they're the fighters of freedom. They're not. They're a business. They got their money, yeah. they're dipping. And I don't think Joe Biden is on their board of directors. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, like... You don't think Hugo Chavez yeah, is yeah, running yeah, the company yeah, still? Exactly. Years later? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's not that. No. It's... They fucked up. They got caught. Now they got to pay. But now individual people are getting... Get sued at Fox. Mike Lindell is getting sued. Uh, Bartolo and J fucking Dobbs and all these people are going to get lawsuits. And apparently Dominion don't fuck around. They got no, receipts. They, no, they, they got, got receipts. receipts. And they're yeah. willing to go to trial with you if you wish. And they have all of the databanks of documentation. It's 
of their numbers. Terabytes you know of what I mean? info to prove their case. Yeah. And meanwhile, Fox News has Sidney Powell. Yeah, and you're just like, no, we, n- there's no way this happened. And they've got CCTV of somebody taking something out of the back of a truck. Yeah. Is really Carrie, hard Is Lake getting sued? Oh, Carrie Lake? Carrie, how are you saying her? Whatever, dude, she's name. a loser. Yeah. Um, sh- not yet, but maybe. Yeah, yeah. She's got her own, she's still trying to grift for money to fight, quote oh, unquote, her gubernatorial. It's working. Um, it's not working. They're, None of what they're doing right now is working. Well, in the sense that people give her money, that part's working. That's slowing down as well. Uh, yeah, I think Trump... Dummy, dummies are always going to send money because... Hey, man. They're dummies. Listen, people... Pat... What's his name? Pat Roberts and fucking Jim Baker and all those guys got money for years and Falwell. years. Falwell got money. All those fake preachers send me money and I'll, I'll you're absolved of your sins. They made a lot of money off of rubes. And I don't mean rubes in the sense of like they're just stupid. These are desperate, poor, typically people that were just looking for an answer. And they exploited their faith in God to make a ton of money. Now they're exploiting your faith in Republicans to fix everything to take all your money. I'm a big fan. I hope they give them all their money. That's all I want. Go for it. Sure. Right. And then real quick, Lindell. Mike Lindell. Mike Pillow. You guys have seen oh, this guy. this fucking guy. He's got the most fucking gorgeous stash in the game. <laughs> um, if you've ever seen him speak behind his desk, he has a, pic- a painting behind him that transitions from a lion into Jesus. I don't know the correlation, nor do I care to know the correlation between lions and Jesus. I don't know. Outside of C.S. Lewis, I don't know. I don't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good call. That seems more like a, a fantasy gun show 13-year-old shirt where there you might, have lions there might be dressed a, as Jesus. There or, might be a biblical passage about him being like the Lion of God or something cool. like that. Don't I don't care. know. I thought he was God. Um, I couldn't finish that book. Wait a minute. But he is God. Because everyone kept spoiling it. So is he the Lion of himself? Maybe. I don't know. It's very existential. Uh, That being said, Lindell put out a call. He's so confident. He's he's presented so much evidence in the last three years. He spent probably close to $70 million trying to prove something that he can't prove. That he did a call to arms. He says, listen, if you can go through our data and prove us wrong on election fraud, I will give you $5 million. Unfortunately, a Fox listener who's 63 years old and happens to be a forensic computer analyst had enough time. So he broke down all of these fucking files. Most of them were PDFs that led to pages with letters and numbers. Yeah. Literally. Um, He could not make heads or tails of it as a professional paid forensic computer analyst. Mm -hmm. And then basically said... Bills do, my guy. I proved you wrong. Thereby, what do you think Mike Lindell did? Suit him. <laughs> They're going to court. They're going to court. And his hope is that he can outlast the lawsuit. Yeah. And even the guy that did it said, I'm not expecting anybody. Which he will be I able knew. to. I mean, he could I... extend that out indefinitely. He's got a lot of money. Unlike Fox News. I mean, I don't know who this guy is that's 
that he's that got he's got some money to play. Disproved him, and like, also two you know attorneys I mean, like, can do this partially pro bono because it's high profile. Like how much of your family's generational wealth do you want to fuck up? But Lindell doesn't have the pillow guy. Lindell doesn't have five million dollars right now. I have no Speaking idea. Speaking of solvency, yeah, his. He's giving away pillows to try to keep himself relevant. Nobody's buying any of his shit. Haven't in two years. He spent so much money doing this bullshit propaganda run for his God King that I don't think he can come up with $5 million. Yeah, that's a so, good point. So rather than come up with it, he just goes to court because that's what these pussies do. They are pussies. They're literally, I mean, I, li- I know we don't like to say that, but my brethren out there, my lesbian brethren out there, from. they're fucking pussies, dude. Have you ever talked to these? The first thing they do is cry about how they're victims every single time. They can't talk about anything else, how somebody has done them wrong because Ugh. they're rich and white. It's so sad. Stop it. It's sad. I can't wait. I'm very happy. I, I can't do, wait. I do feel for all the rich white guys. Don't you? I There's a spot in my heart. I mean, yeah. when you get poor MTG silenced in a committee hearing because she was personally defaming somebody. Yeah. And then that her chairman, who's also a, a hyper Republican, has to say to her, yeah, you can't talk anymore. Yeah. You're done. This is what's rad. Yeah. Is now the smart people in the room, the grown-ups are using the law against these people and they don't even know what's happening. You you know, the funny thing that happens in politics and 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 actually let's be honest, it happens in all aspects of life. It happens at the Van Noy's Thanksgiving dinner. You get associated <laughs> with people that make things expedient for you for a moment. And exactly. so you're like, it's so good to be associated with this person. And then you realize, oh, this person fucking sucks. And they make me look stupid <laughs> by virtue of being associated with them. That's why they're all... Caving I mean, in on each other. That's why the support for MTG and the support for Bobert and the support for Gates and the support for all these people that, quite frankly, are an embarrassment for the grand old party. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it, it was funny. The, the meme of the day. We should do a meme of the day. Oh, we should. The meme of the day today was Gates, Bobert, and MTG sitting in Congress and over Bobert, it says, husband exposes himself to minors. Over Gates, it says, having sex with underage girls and trafficking. And over MTG, it says, two extracurricular affairs. And this is your moral compass. That's it. That's it. This is your moral compass. Those are your people. Those are your people. Enjoy. It's not going to go well. It's not going to go well, guys. See? We've got news. We got, <laughs> we got stuff. But you know, but you know, we got a lot of stuff today. But we're not going to even get into the. We talked about dipping our toe into gun violence, and we're just not going to. Uh, it's I, big I enough, guys. I can't. And that was going to segue. I don't have it in me. That was going to segue into the body, which involves violence. But oh, good, we're going to talk about violence. But good violence. The fun violence. Before we get into that, you know what you got. You know, brethren. You are in Cloud City. It is the Whiskey Reel. It is the whiskiest of reels and the riskiest of wheels. I am sitting here with one of my good guys. He's a good guy. Sometimes it takes a good guy with a gun. Just <laughs> Bobby is just strapped 
with information. He doesn't need any. He doesn't need armaments. He's just strapped with good intentions and information. That's all this man carries in his holster. I got a 36-round clip full of charm, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I got a banana clip of integrity. Um, sitting across from me. It's the Whiskey Reel. You know where we're at. I'm not going to brag about us looking down on you, even though you know it and I know it. Sitting across from me. is He's just a big cuddle bug. He gets in weird juvenile dramatic fights out of nowhere, and it is the strangest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. This is a grown man. Yeah. But people want to fucking try this man. They want to get into his pockets. They want to get into his soul and try to cause a disruption. It's just no. not going to work. No. It's not working. Mm-mm. He's the man who haunts your dreams. He is the Bobby Duke. He is. Oh, I saw a rapper today new one new baby rapper he's like 16 call la tyler no way that's dope Uh, he's not la tyler he's hiv tyler he's spreading it around like the good word of the jehovah witness this is my main man this is bobby van noise not bobbeth today his true name bobby bobby van noise my christian name your christian your christian nationalist name um I got into a Twitter argument because that happens too. Um, but it was more of a discussion. But um, this guy kept calling me on Twitter. He kept calling me Robert. And I was like, oh. And I was like, motherfucker. My, my name, name is literally Bobby. My it's name on my is Bobby. Certificate. And then he sent back a tweet. He was like, yeah, right. And I was like, did you send him a picture mother- of like redacted birth certificate? Fucker. I. Of my driver's license. Oh, okay. And I was like, this is my God-given name, sir. I am Bobby. <laughs> I wish you good day. And good day to you, sir. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because I just like... Good for arg- you. I argue with fucking idiots. I asked you that question when I first met you. I was like, is it Robert? Or He's like, no, it's Bobby. It's what's on my birth card, birth certificate. I was like, all right. I've, I've actually... Thought or about- I think I called you Bob one time. You called me Bob. That's And mistake. then you were like... I'm Bobby. I was like, okay, that's your name. Yeah, well, my dad is Bob. Right. Bob L. Noise. Bobble Noise. My dad's real name is actually Robert. Oh, Robert the Confusion. This is. This I is, love your dad's middle name. This is my lineage. Let's hear it. Robert Lee Noise. My, my, did I tell you my dad's middle name is Lee? Oh, you did tell Peter me that. Peter Lee. You did tell me that. Which is. More redneck and not as yeah. like official. Well, I mean Robert E. Lee, obviously. Heard of him. Yeah, I think my dad was named. Scourge after him. of the South. This is Scourge of the South, baby. <laughs> oh, sitting across from me, you guys. God damn it. He is my everything bagel. Yeah. He's got sesame and poppy seeds. Ooh, and some, some garlic onion, and some s- onion powder. Some sea salt. <laughs> <laughs> he makes an amazing breakfast sandwich. Yes, sir. This guy, he is the opposite of Dorian Gray. I'm looking at him right now. Somewhere there's a painting getting younger. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Moisturize, everybody out there. Moisturize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunscreen and all um, coconut oil, I think, is what you should put around your eyes. Um, uh, preparation age. And uh, Lauren Bacall, I think, was famously quoted as saying that coconut oil was the magic that made her look so young. She yeah, but she's fifties young. 
Oh, she's 70 now. Well, I know, but it's like the Robert, yeah. Robert Mitchum, in shape, out of shape guy. In shape, out of shape. Yeah, guy. like she yeah. was young skin, old skin girl. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she held it up for, for a while. You want to see some shit? Go look at fucking, go look at uh, uh, Angela fucking, uh, oh my God, brain fart. Angela Lansbury? Yeah, <laughs> go look at Angela <laughs> She looks like an empty nutsack. Um, no. <laughs> Uh, you guys, it's it's Sir Antonio Brander. Yeah, bro. You know where the fuck he's from. He could be from Manitoba at this point. For yeah, all man, we of the know. Manitoba Brandes. The Manitobans. <laughs> Those fucking gnarly nucks, dude. Yeah, just making shitty wine. Yeah. Nothing grows in Manitoba. No, nope. just resentment. Yeah. Yeah. How you been, buddy? Good. Um, having a good week, man. Having a really good week. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Tomorrow is someone's Earth- having a good week. Tomorrow's Earth Day. Now that I'm not uh, subjected to um, the perils of corporate business, my life has gotten exponentially better. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have. I, I can sleep at night. Right. I legit sleep. Right. I don't wake up every three hours with a panic attack. Yeah. Very, very, very underrated. Granted, am I making the fat, fat, fat ducats that I used to make? Probably not. Am I happier and is quality of life more important? Kind of. Yeah, you got a sugar mama. You're fine. Kind, yeah, well, yeah, I do. <laughs> it's more, it's more Splenda mama. <laughs> I'm not going to go on <laughs> sugar mama. Hey, man, at least it's not those pink packets. It's more sweet and low mama. <laughs> sweet and low mama? Yeah, it's my sweet and low mama. Psh, man. Life supply a tab. <laughs> yeah, brother. <laughs> Just let me grow an ear on my back. That's all I ask for. Give me some saccharin, dude. Oh, man. I remember my mom and my aunt growing up fucking drinking just, tab. Just drilling tab, tab, dude. They're like, I, I could feel myself getting skinnier. <laughs> Every really? can. Oh, my Every God. can. That's not what's happening. No, that's not what's happening. <laughs> and lo and behold. Your insides are revolting. <laughs> your foot is black. <laughs> They're going to need to cut it off, auntie. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so, you've been Okay. Outside of the juvenile dumb shit? Uh, outside good? of the juvenile dumb shit. How's the um, lovely young lady? That's still happening? Yep. She's great. As lo- lovely as ever. Wonderful. I love um, all of this. I'm hearing. She's amazing and generous and beautiful and great. Those are all good things. No, everything's good in that regard. Good. Having a wonderful personal life. Haven't seen her in a while, though, because she went on vacation to uh, with her kids to Europe. Oh, for okay. a couple of weeks, that was really nice, and then yeah, so we're we're gonna be seeing each other soon. Baller, I yeah. love it. Good uh, for you. I have nerve damage apparently. Sick in my uh, left shoulder, which is um, <laughs> is that the one you were bo- that was bothering you? The other oh no, week? Um, I'm kind of where you were numb. I'm getting a dead arm, which I think. <laughs> <laughs> I only um, laugh because I picture Bobby with like an atrophied black arm. Yeah. And he can't yeah. really type on his computer anymore. He's like single handing it. And I'm like, how am I going to play FIFA when my <laughs> arm dies? <laughs> so I'm looking into some stuff. Um, I had a recent visit. Acupuncture. The Veterans Administration. Oh, look at that. I have put off for 15 years. Why? The VA did? So... Before we get too long into this, I'll just make it real quick and simple. I had some 
I don't want to say PTSD because guys that like went to war and shot people and got shot and watched people get blown up and do all the horrible things that my brothers did in the military that I didn't have to do. Um, But I did come out of Hurricane Katrina and some things that did happen to me in the military, like seeing some dead people and shit like that that really bothered me. And I was so ready to be out of the military that I just said, no, I'm not going to fuck with this. You didn't want to just put it, like, bury it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a really good friend who, he did, like, three years in the military, and he ended up getting, like, basically half of a goddamn pension because he just went to the VA office and said, like, well, this 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 is what's happened to me. And they're like, oh, okay, well, now you get 1800 bucks a month for the rest of your life. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I should go do it. So I went and had that conversation a couple of days ago. And the guy was like, yeah, why, why'd you wait 15 years? And I was like, this, this. And he's like, You're oh. like, because I need money now? Well, no, <laughs> but I, I explained why I... I know, I'm just... Why I didn't do it, you know what I mean? And, and, and part of his answer was like, he's like, you know what? I'm putting that in your file. Beauty. He's like, that actually is going to like totally go into your case file. <laughs> There's a heartless shill box. Can I check that? <laughs> Please check that off. Please check that off. Um, you know, my so, yeah. dad was in a VA loony bin. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. So uh, he's collecting on that. Uh, he's dead. Oh, yeah, that's right. He yeah. died. I forgot yeah, about yeah. your dead dad. No, club. but I remember, I yeah. remember um, going to, we had one of the biggest VAs in L.A., yeah. It was in San Fernando Valley, and it was in like I forget what the area is, like North Ridge or something. But they had a huge, huge hospital, and it took up like two city blocks. Enormous, like yeah. radius. It's enormous. Like as kids, which just sounds really sad, you go visit your uh, uh, horribly <laughs> injured parent, and the kids would roll down this giant hill that used to be there. That was like my memory of that. But my dad, we used to go visit him he took a little break yeah he took a break for a little while and he was a helicopter um mechanic yeah so he didn't get into the shit but he used to see everybody coming back on helicopters so yeah. that was like the lines of bodies and yeah all that shit. M- my father was in the navy during vietnam and he was stationed on midway and he was on c-130s where all the you know, they had to take the bodies back. Taking the bodies yeah, back. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's rough shit. Yeah. Um, I'll Someday on the podcast, I'll tell you guys the story of me leaving Biloxi, Mississippi with my good friend Vic, who was just terrified of white people. <laughs> As he should be. By the way, we were driving into the wilderness of Louisiana. I was like, I don't blame you, dog. I mean, there's gators. Yeah. There's a lot of shit to be worried um, about. Fuck a gator. There were hillbillies. Yeah, and, dude, but I'm just saying. And after both Katrina, are dangerous. that shit was like the road warrior. Yeah. No, it um, was. like. But the uh, military police at the gate asked us to take this older black gentleman to the hospital because he was having chest pains. Right. And you could see it. Like, he was looking very ashen. Uh, and, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? And we drove him to the hospital, and by the time we got him to the front doors, he Ooh. had passed in the back seat of our car. Yikes. And that was, I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, it was crazy. That's, um, a, that's, that's some shit, No, man. there were dead bodies on... 
on the way there. Road, yeah, yeah, man. Dude, fucking, that yeah. was... It was a sketch. People don't situation. realize how bad that was because yeah. it was televised, but a lot of the ripples in the pond generating from Katrina, um, people don't realize how bad like the, the words were. And it, it still, to this day, I go. I try to go back to, to New Orleans like when I can, when I can afford to. Um, and it's... It's still impacted. It's still impacted. It will never not be impacted 100%. because all the money goes to the quarter and the garden yeah. district and the rich people. And I didn't go through that part of Katrina. Like that right. part was the levees breaking was the big tragedy. Fuck yeah, dude. 100%. But what I'm saying is all the all the all the state support and the federal support right. came to the money generating sectors of, of 100%. New Orleans and Louisiana. And we were actually in a part of Mississippi that was actually hit harder by the hurricane. We were right. in the right. northeast but not the floods. sector. Right? We had the sea surge and all that, but we didn't have the flooding from the levees. See, people don't realize that. They always think of New Orleans and Louisiana when it comes to Katrina. They don't realize that like everybody got their oh, shit kicked dude, in. Dude, Biloxi got, got their fucked, teeth right? kicked in. I mean... They had literally had casinos float into sea. So is it now a riverboat casino? Um, so, well, <laughs> they actually, this is the last thing I'll say on it. This was actually kind of funny because the place that I used to go to called The Grand was this casino where I'd go play poker right. by four nights a week. Sure. And when I was leaving Biloxi, I saw The Grand out in the fucking bay. I mean, like a quarter mile. That's fucking gnar. Out in the fucking bay, the casino was just all right. Sitting, bye, guys. Just sitting out there. <laughs> bye. I was like, holy shit, man! We you should go see out there and get some money. Yeah, like you get to see the Grand Hotel poking out of the goddamn bay. It That's was amazing, the craziest dude. shit. Yeah, man. dude. That people don't realize, like, yeah, what, the the long lasting effect of what shit. Like that. Connection. So, anyways, yeah, I'm gonna rape the VA for some money because Good. fuck it, free you deserve money, it, free money. Hey, and I earned it. Hey, everybody in in America hates socialism. I fucking hate it. I hate that goddamn socialism giving out freebies to Mark, everybody. Marxist, you motherfucking communist. You did. You just sucking off the teeth of America. Keep your goddamn hands off my Medicare, though. Then uh, don't ever go to the VA. Because <laughs> um, that's what that is. Thanks. That was a violent, that was a violent moment. Yeah, I know. It's awesome, though. Uh, speaking of violent. Speaking nice of segue, Bobby. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're going to talk less about this than we were in the beginning. Because we do what we want on the realist of realist of reals. You know we don't pull any punches. This isn't bullshit. We just talk game. And we just hope you join us. But... I was I'm I was a a, a a a thinking about violencia. Oh, we got to take five minutes. I'm sorry. <gasps> we're drinking something. We have to talk. about Son what of we're a bitch! We quick. almost ran right over. I know. It. I almost oh, ran right we over. almost did. It's my fault. Okay. It's my Let's fault. here. We'll give a we'll give a quipsy whipsy. There, Bobby, there's not a lot to say about this. Movie. No, but there is in regard to value. Yes. So Bobby, talk about it. Okay, so I wanted to buy something cheap as shit. That was whiskey that we could drink. That we haven't already. That we haven't already had. And it's crazy. We've, we've drank all the whiskey. We've had hundreds of episodes. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I mean, officially, we're on 221. Yeah. This is 221. That's officially hundreds of episodes. Yeah, this is 221 episodes. So we have had a few bottles of whiskey over the last five years. Yeah. And so I was like, this one's $20. So, so we bought it. And it's I'm called, familiar with this. 
I believe I'm pronouncing this right, called Kilbagan. Kilbagan. Um, traditional Irish whiskey. And this is not half bad, dude. You may not be able to get this everywhere. Like like big box like liquor places prob- might not have this just because not because it's like hard to get or obscure like no. niche. It's just it's kind of redundant in the world of Irish whiskey. Like, but and it, and it doesn't look amazing. Oh, but the packaging. The packaging is it's so so. It's fine. It's pretty so so. The I bottles mean, are very traditional. Bleh. Kind of fucking teardrop bottle. It's a little, yeah, it's a little squat bottle with yeah. a fucking, you know. Again, you're right. It shows a little distillery on it. It's very Irish and it's like fonts and all that shit. It is. But, it's got some fonts. But it's... Gilded letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's Irish whiskey. As you might or might not know, all Irish whiskey basic, basically comes out of two distilleries. And those two distilleries house all the Irish whiskey. So it. when they say we're this and we're that, it's like you're sitting right next to a fucking uh, a, a fucking vat of Jameson. You're not you're not out in the middle of the forest, fucking moonshining shit. So relax. I mean, most people when but, they think of Irish whiskey, think of Jameson and Bushmills. Those are the Protestant are, and Catholics. The, the Protestant and the Catholics. Yeah, and they're not that far wrong. No. No, that's literally, I mean, there's places. That's how it works. There's places in Ireland right now where it's Jameson or Bushmills. Like, there's not, that's not a joke. No. And if you know anything about the IRA and the fucking, the, the, what Ireland has been through over the last 200 years, you know, that's like not, I'm not making fun. That's like a big fucking deal. It is a big but fucking deal. Kilbegan is different. Number one, you said, how much you pay? 23 bucks total. I think that's with tax. I with think tax. it was listed oh, yeah. like twenty eighty nine. Yeah. So it's ridiculously inexpensive. The best part about this, a yes, it tastes like Irish whiskey. Is that a bad thing? No. B, is this Jameson? No. Is this Bushmills? No. Is it a hybrid of both? Kinda. Little bit. Kinda. It's kind of a perfect marriage of the bite and the fire of Jameson and the big, thick, rich, barrel caramel of Bushmills. Yeah. It kind of splits the difference in a way. It's 80 proof. It's not It's not a light little, you know, weak-ass whiskey. It's not a cordial. We put this on ice. It disappeared. Yes. But is that a bad thing to it a goes sip and whiskey? Is it a bad thing to a sip in whiskey? Well, you know, we live in a culture <laughs> in Durango, Colorado, and you used to work specifically at a an establishment that literally had Jameson on tap. Yeah, it's big part of Durango a Jameson rule. Jameson culture is a shooting culture. Yep. You shoot Jameson. You don't and sip people Jameson. Shoot Jameson constantly. I've I see s- it day in and day. I've out. seen people sip. Uh, one of my bosses who I love and adore, Corey Kitch, who um, is recovering from cancer right now, what, he's a Jameson ambassador. He yep. went to the distillery, he came back, he's an ambassador. The only man I know that used to sip Jameson. And when I made it for him, he'd be like, let me get like a rock or two. And that was it. Put it in a bucket glass and he'd just sip Jamo. Yeah. Only person I know that has ever done that. Everybody else... Jameson shot, Shoot it. knock it back, and what do I have to chase it? Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, usually a vodka soda or some whatever people drink here. <laughs> Pibber. Yeah, Pibber. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Pibber. Pibbers and Jamos. Yeah, Pibbers and Jamo shots. That's a big deal. But Fucking anyways, Durangi. this is this is a really, really nice, solid Irish whiskey. I would much rather drink this than Jamos. Either one of or Bushmills. Yeah, I think this is a better product. It's worse to mix with, better to sip straight. Yes. I would rather mix with Jameson because 100%. it has some nuts. Hundred percent. This is just a nice little, like it's a, it's like a little Irish fellow when you go into like a lawyer's office and there's a nice little Irish fellow at a desk. Before you talk to the lawyer, he goes, "Hi, welcome." And you get any other? Can I get you anything? And he's just a pleasant five foot four. His wife is fucking three hundred pounds and hates him. Yeah. He's got six yeah. kids, yeah. but he could not be happier with his life. I'm so happy that he's living up to his stereotypes. Do you know what I mean? No, it makes me. I'm feel just saying. Comforted. This is that in a bottle. Yeah, it is. He's a pleasant little Irishman. Yeah, kill bacon. <laughs> me I... fucking fat wave. <laughs> <laughs> Give this to your fat wife. She'll like it too. And that goes for ladies out there. Right. Speaking of violent cultures, <laughs> <laughs> we talked enough about the Irish, the Irish. No, you you had a great idea. You um, every week, Aaron and I sit down and we're like, "What? After five fucking years, are we going to talk about?" By virtue of cinema, obviously, we like, love we, cinema. We we, we, we love, love all cinema. facets and styles and genres. And I'll talk about this more, but I'm going to be bringing uh, season two of Judgment Day, my cinema podcast. There you go. coming back. We'll there talk about go. that, but but yeah, and you're bring gonna be, it back. You're gonna be in season two. I'm gonna put you on the fucking hot seat. That's next, fine. Yeah. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I've been on the hot seat for five years. That's fine. Violence in cinema is a really interesting subject because I think it covers a lot of facets. There's a lot of directors that seem to excel in violence. They're it's almost it's their milieu. Yeah, and we'll talk about them. There is also. There's different types of violence in cinema. Yeah. There is realistic violence. There is cartoonish violence. There is emotional violence. There mm-hmm. is all the generational violence. Generational There's, violence. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna have a quick discussion about some of these things in cinema and hopefully give you guys a few I don't know. Um, some some movies that maybe you've never heard of, maybe you haven't seen, maybe you have seen them, but um, or you need to revisit or you think ooh, about revisiting is a good thing. Think about it in a different light. Because exactly. a lot of these movies you see once you're affected and I, I'm I'm not like Bobby. Bobby will go back and watch a movie five, six times. I've never been that guy in my life. I don't even when I was a child, I used to do it with movies that I thought were like I loved as a child, like Conan or fucking you know, sword in the sorcerer, or fucking, you know, some one arm boxer or something. Oh, can we talk what? about sword in the sorcerer? No, we can't. Um, <laughs> I one, love that movie. But as I, but as I got older, I it's like, look, I saw this movie. It's very rare that I have like, um, I have annual movies that I'll do on like dates and like just to keep myself honest. But honestly, once I see a movie and I kind of get it, I don't necessarily go back to it a lot. Um, and, and so I have this like kind of lasting impression of the first time I saw it, which is, and I live and die by that impression, which is not necessarily a good thing. No. Should go back, especially if it's something that warrants more attention. I just saw Men 
for the second time. Ooh, that's an emotionally violent film. And um, it was so much better than the first time I saw it. First, I saw it in theater with Rex, who was going through some incredibly emotional stuff dealing with men. And it was almost, I was watching it next to her rather than watching it with her. And that movie is I, unbelievably brilliant. Like, I hope down the road this be, gets the credit it deserves because it got no credit. And um, it, it, as an example, I don't watch movies over and over again, but when I do and they're good movies like that, I'm like, huh, well, shit. Um, so that being that, that Bobby and I differ. He has Can a much I, deeper delve into particular movies. Can I than jump I do. into this conversation yeah. by by piggybacking on what you're talking about right now? Because there's one movie that I know you watch over and over again. Because I'm pretty sure you've said on record this is your favorite movie of all time. Yeah, and that movie is called The Shining. Yep. Which I. Now that I'm thinking about it in the context of this conversation might be the best combination of different types of violence happening yeah. in a film. There's that practical it, violence. Practical violence. There there's is abusive imp- domestic violence. There's implied violence. There's implied violence. There is hardcore emotional fucking violence. Absolutely. And all of those are equally as damaging. And when I say emotional violence, I mean like childhood trauma is happening... In front of you. In front of you. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how Kubrick falls into our, because we didn't bring him up. It's in right our here. Initial, oh, it's right there? Good. Because there's a, let's just jump into it. Let's do it. There's a certain Kubrick film, my first, most people's first, Clockwork Orange. Oh, my God. Which, it, which is a dystopian vision of what England would become in the future. And he kind of got close. <laughs> Obviously, everybody knows clockwork. There's no need to talk about the premise or what it means or any of it. I don't want to do it because it becomes so far up your own ass. When I hear people who like know like cinemaphiles, like and like it, I don't want to hear you talk about it. I know you think it's this or think it's that. I watch it. I think it's what I see. It becomes it, an argument between between two camps. Too. Yeah, it becomes the Anthony Burgess author I don't, camp I, and the I saw adaptation the movie, man. camp. I saw the movie as a kid, and it affected me greatly. Um, me too. There was sexual violence in that that was very, uh, uh, really, as a child, disturbing to me. I never saw something that graphic and shot that way. There was needless violence. There was unwarranted violence, which is usually when there's violence in a film, there's a reason why somebody's doing something to somebody. Yeah. There's very rare that you get needless violence or, or, or unwarranted violence. And Clockwork Orange exposed me to, I mean, life exposed me to unwarranted violence. But like from a cinema standpoint, these are people fucking people up for no reason. So... Can I ask you a question about yeah, your man. perspective on this? So there are two scenes in that fi- well, I mean there's so many scenes. And which we'll one? The first <laughs> just the actual violence impact there is the scene where Alex and the Droogs kick the living shit out of a homeless, homeless guy, guy. Yep, that's the to one. To the tune of Beethoven's 5th. Ninth. Sorry. Also singing in the rain. 
Yeah, but Singing in the Rain was no. Singing in the Rain was the rape of the lady that was they broke into her home. Oh, I got those reversed. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Which is the really two, and f- those are the two scenes. Those are a my, that's a mind fuck. You're listening and they're singing, singing in the rain while they're beating her to death with a sculpture of a dick and balls. Yes, pretty traumatized. That's as violent as I can conjure in my mind. So that's the question I was trying to come to. What, to, what was the impact? Because here's the 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 crux of that film is it becomes immersion therapy. They immerse. Alex, Alex into violence in a in an attempt to cure him, right? Basically, of his impulse, right? You know what I mean? Which, Which is his just literally is rape and maim and literally no filter psych, psychopathy. Which was obviously told through the 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 perspective of like older men looking at young people, yes, as um, the. Being nihilist, the ruinous, being, the, the ruinous youth, right? right? Right. These are the generation that will destroy everything that we've built. Meanwhile, the boomers destroyed everything. Anyway. So, I guess, long story short, my question is like, yeah. what do you feel about the that concept of like immersing someone in the violent film? Because we have a whole movement of people that are like, oh no, the reason people shoot people is because they fucking play video games and they watch fucking Clockwork Orange. Obviously, uh, data. Luckily, we have, like, science and data um, opposed to feelings and suppositions. The data is mets out the fact that that has nothing to do with it. There, that, that literally has nothing to nothing. do with the, the, the violence that is. Uh, we were, Bobby and I are old enough to remember when they had the satanic panic where metal bands were going to make us kill people. Also, video games back Dungeon, then, Dungeons, Dungeons and, and Dragons. Dragons, which I've been playing since I was eight years old, was supposed to make me kill people. Um, it's a farce. It's a fucking red herring. It's not addressing the actual nature. We know this, and I know you softballed me that because you feel the same way I, I do, do about that. Um, Kubrick was a master at um, this, I almost call it like smart, cerebral violence. Yeah. Where the violence wasn't the biggest part of it. Like I remember watching Clockwork and I was less offended by the actual violence than I was the reaction of the people doing the violence. Yeah. Does that make sense? 100%. Them, be, them fucking up that homeless person disturbed me less than the way they reacted to fucking up the homeless person. Yeah. That had fucking legs emotionally yeah. for me. Yeah. And Kubrick was a master at that. He was... Even even Eyes Wide Shut before he died in it, there is a type of sexual violence yeah. and implied violence that was really, really horrifying with that. It's in most of his films. I mean, there's a moment in Full Metal Jacket, obviously the violence of... We, I almost bypassed that one because yeah. it's so obvious. The part that really affected me more than anything was like the little kid that... Um, the culmination of the film where where most people lose that movie, they, yeah, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't even like that part, right? Is when they're being fucking shot, yeah, um, by this sniper, so right. to speak, and when they finally get in the building and they approach this person that was killing the shit out of them, it turns out to be this affected fourteen year old, young or whatever, person, thirteen year old, yeah, you know, which is such a violent scene, but is also so like that's. I don't. I don't think the physical violence 
is the problem. No, and it rare that's the worst kind. Like we were talking about like dude, how violent is John Wick? Jesus. I mean, just it's just people get shot in but the face. But does it does Doesn't, it make you not be able to sleep at night? No, not at all. Or does um like or we talked about the Wachowski sisters, Matrix. That violence is video game violence. It's cartoonish. It is not serious. It's Over the not, top violent. Yeah. It's and we didn't want to bring up kung fu movies, but we grew up watching 1980s like Run Run Shaw yeah. movies, Master of Flying Guillotine, One Arm Boxer, fucking Seven Deadly Sins sure. and Yeah, we did. Dude, we watched all that shit. It never was real. We knew it wasn't real. Right. There was nothing realistic to it. There was nothing that drove the point home and i think the most um beautiful beautifully captured violence comes in we just had a 30 minute discussion about tarantino and his use of violence as a character and really a crutch sometimes i mean he's successful and unsuccessful i think in my opinion with that's that's my perspective i i want to bypass fucking Django and hateful eight because yeah. you get really fucking I get, bear I get, trapped on that yeah, shit dude. i get i get you hate that so much that it like stops you in your tracks it does but you also have I become a conversational cul-de-sac <laughs> yeah, yeah because you also I have reservoir those movies. jackie brown fucking inglorious bastards um, there, there, there's just you know, Pulp Fiction. There's just so many movies where the violence is like, you want it. You yeah, want he was. It. Tarantino became an icon, an iconoclast because he reflected. That's what you said, which I thought that was a really good way to present Tarantino. Well, he became like a reflection of the movies that we grew up with. He just presented them in a way that was artful and fun and funny. And accessible to us. And ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, it was accessible to everyone. There was a ridiculousness to his films. Where we're not, we know we're not in this universe. Yeah. We're in another universe. We're in Tarantinoville. We're in Tarantino Town or Ville. Whatever. Yeah. State. The Tarantinoverse. Right. And he did Reservoir, lived outside of reality. 100%. Um, The first thing I saw of his. Pulp. 100%. 100%. Was in a different dimension. Uh-huh. It implied as much. Yeah. Right? Uh, Jackie Brown lived more within this and felt like there was more uh, there was more blowback and justice to be meted out from the characters. And I would say as an interesting note, the only adapted um, thing that he's ever done. Was um, that? Was Jackie Brown? Yeah, he, he that was actually based on another property. That was an Elmore Leonard novel. Elmore Leonard, right? Rum Punch, right, right, right. So that's the only adapted property I think he's ever done. Right, one of his uh, most underrated films, in my opinion. Wonderful fucking film, fucking by wonderful. The by the also way. exists in a shared universe with Out of Sight. Yes, by Steven Soderbergh with crazy. Him. You mentioned that. That's crazy. Out of Sight might be the sexiest movie ever made. <laughs> but going back on like, and we wanted to approach this from from directors down the tree. Um, uh, I brought up like it's easy for me to do Ari Aster because his violence Ugh. is so slow burn, and the emotional 
existential toll that it takes on the characters. Hereditary, Midsummer. I can't wait to see this new property he's getting putting out with Joaquin Phoenix. Um, which I'm a, I'm a, I'm a stan. Um, I think he's brilliant. Right. I, I don't think I'm a stan, but I, I Ari Aster fascinates the living fuck out of me. He is not. He's jello trying to nail down Jello on a wall. Yeah. He really does not want to conform to whatever the fuck you think he's going to. Ari do. Aster. For those who aren't familiar, um, obviously his two biggest properties being um, uh, uh, Midsummer and Hereditary are the most. I guess notable. Yeah, he's only done one other like student film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that um, dealt with uh, child abuse and rape. None of us yet have seen Joaquin Phoenix and his new film. Yeah, that um, I can't remember. I the forget name the of name it. of it. It's coming out in a couple. Alex months. is scared or something like that. Um, it's, some, I, I can't remember. It's something it like seems that. almost Wes Andersony. A lot of people yeah. have seen it um, in like secret screenings and stuff like that. But um, I'll those, make my own those judgment. two Thank films. You. Approach violence in a way that I think combined. He has a Kubrickian, very sensibility. That's why I'm a fucking stand. Me too. And I mean, I'm not a stand, but I. But that's what I find appealing about Ari Aster. He is willing to take his time and say he doesn't, and he will abuse you. Yeah. He's an abusive director. He really is. Go watch fucking. You know what? Do yourself a disservice. And go watch like the last Insidious, or the last property, the last like fucking want James Wan fucking movie. Sure, go watch that. It is so contrived and so easily. Oh, there's something popping out from the shadow, and this person stands behind that person on a camera change. It is the most remedial juvenile. I'm not saying it doesn't have its place. I'm not. When I see that, I don't see it's like bad there's a place for all that i love jump scares it's fun i did it since i was yeah, fucking a I'll, kid because i'll i'll stand up for james Wan. Films. no 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 i i'm not saying all of his properties are bad i'm saying there's a formula to it and there's I get a it. formula and it works what i'm saying is ari aster takes more chances than anybody in horror anybody in horror right now there's not a single director that's willing to spend the money, get the actors, and is willing to write a script that can facilitate the burn of what really is horrific. And sometimes horrific is being in a relationship. And sometimes something horrific is a family member dying. And when you when you remove all the physical violence out of his films, it's literally the true horrors of life wrapped in the beauty of life. It's horrible. It's it's horrible and it's beautiful and it's so well done. It's the so things, smart. The things that you remember about Hereditary visually are the least horrific parts of it. The parts that are really terrifying are like the alienation the, after she dies. The true Ugh. content of what um, Tony Collette brought Oof. through with that. Well, you know my feelings with that performance. You I know mean, my feelings. It's horrifying. Best. There are scenes in that film that haunt me and it's not. Decapitations and all that shit. No, no, no. no, it's the attic scene. It's the fucking hey, like, like there are moments in that movie that I'm just like, that's the Tony Collette is scaring the shit out of me, and she can because she's that good, and she should have won an award. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Different type of violence. Fincher. Yeah, that's who. A big, who? That's a big one. Who? Let's start off this conversation. Might be. There's no data to suggest. Okay. 
might be the most copied filmmaker of the last 20 years. Yeah. As far as timbre and look and design and feeling, I'm going to be David Fincher. I'm going to be dark and brooding. And he kind of, yeah, that's kind of his shit, man. Yeah. But also um, very, very... And I, I've read articles with people that worked for Fincher that also like really, really giving when it comes to like his actors and allowing you would have to with his, the subject matter, yeah, allowing his actors to really inhabit that world that he creates, right? David unfettered, the unfettered. Mo- the most obvious example of David Fincher violence would be Seven. Okay, just from that movie's perspective, I know it may seem outdated and a little bit. Uh, passe to mention seven as a old ass man enjoying movies i can't remember there are very few movies that i remember reservoir dogs was another one talking about tarantino there are very few movies that i can remember changed shit from a from a from what we expect from you as a director when seven came out it changed shit yeah it was different he hit the he hit the vibe and frequency of the 90s and 2000 early 2000s unlike anything i've ever seen that was a masterpiece of violent non-violence because if you remember there were there were like they were like um still shots and like gently moving shots of a panorama but there was not direct violence in that movie not a lot um yeah nobody got their head chopped off in front of anybody nobody got sliced but there up were horrific horrific um, images images yeah right yeah there were photographic but do you see what i'm saying no like, i do he really changed everything yeah as far as i'm concerned well he let us see that film through the eyes of the two main detectives characters. yeah we saw that film through Brad Pitt's eyes, through, through Morgan, Morgan Freeman's, Freeman's eyes. Yeah. And I can't remember the name of the the characters, or I would say the character I don't, names. I don't care. But, yeah, that's what we were seeing. We were seeing what they were seeing, and which it, became very... And he, he added in... He was brilliant in that movie. Yeah. Um, Dude, he, that movie is fucking... That movie holds up. There's dialogue you. that happens off-camera... In that film... That you hear? That is just as disturbing as anything that you see. Right. And actually, John C. McGinley, I don't know if you remember John C. Johnny C. was like um, Dr. Cox at Scrubs. Right, right, you know right. Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. We were talking about surviving the game. He's one of the fucking hunter of guys the hunters. surviving the game. Hell yeah. yeah. Wasn't but Rutger Hauer, too? He plays like the um, SWAT team guy. Yeah. In... Dude, that's such a crazy who has so many weird fucking moments that are almost funny but they're not because you're seeing shit through his eyes too but he's always off camera saying it that's crazy yeah i never noticed that he's in the helicopter at the end and he's the voice that's like someone call somebody you know what i mean like the swat guy that's seen it all and he's just like someone call somebody you know what i mean yeah like but fincher some of the most the 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 general look, feel, design of his movie, the color palettes, the way it's shot, the darkness, the the the, the again, uh, seven has almost been brought into the Batman world. 
That was yeah. the Joker world was where Seven was supposed to propagate the Joker. Yeah. That dynamic and that look and that dirt and that his violence was elevated. Elevated violence. It was elevated. So can we talk about another violence? Yes. Okay. Scorsese. Oh, different. Different. Can we categorize this as just I don't want to even call it gangster violence because there's like boys in the hood and there there's L.A. black South Central violence, which was portrayed amazingly in a lot of movies. Um, Menace to Society, Boys in the Hood. Well, Scorsese represented the Italian-American mafia life. He he bridged a lot of different types of violence. Obviously, obviously, he's known for the scenes in... The bat. The scene in Goodfellas that fucking resonates with me more than anything is when they're taking care of Billy Bats. Oh, obviously. yeah. Obviously. Oh, yeah. And the, the camera shooting up at Robert De Niro right. as he's stomping your face Your in. face. He's right. stomping your face Exactly. Um, the scene in Casino where they fucking take care of fucking Pesci's character. Uh, uh, yeah. One of the most over-the-top, violent, like, like fucking scenes you'll ever see but in But the life. James Conn shit. Dude. Like, yeah. Godfather. Like, it's he, his, dude, uh, fucking, uh, the, the fucking DiCaprio, Boston shit. Oh, fucking Departed. Yeah. De- Departed. Yeah. Um, I was talking about this with Jesse K the other day. She was talking about it. She's like, I think the most overrated, she'll probably talk about this tomorrow. We're recording tomorrow. She'll probably say that the Departed is one of the most overrated movies for her. You're a white girl from Durango. Yeah. I could see how that would be very and her, overrated. And she's just like, I just don't get it. Everyone got shot in the fucking head at the end. And I'm like, that's probably what would fucking happen in this situation is everybody would get shot in the fucking head. So, <laughs> not being born and bred in Durango. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. I mean, yeah. Criminals get <laughs> shot a lot. Yeah, they do get shot a lot. Um, and not as effectively as The Departed sometimes. Uh, but... Scorsese had that visceral um the one thing that I can say about his choice of violence you knew you're in a violent world it's called the godfather it's called the departed he has good fellas good fellas yeah. he has all these things where you know you're in the gangster world don't you right so the violence is there and you already know it's coming yeah but the way he uses it was not blatant or egregious. Like Ray Liotta taking his gun and walking across the street and smashing his neighbor's face in with his gun yeah. was not a violence. This isn't a guy going, boom, boom, and I'm going to no. shoot you. This was the type of violence, like, go get your fucking shine box. Yeah. This violence was different. It was personal. It was visceral violence. And I think... And this is my opinion. Um, I'm not a film student guy, but Martin Scorsese surpassed that violence or, 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 or rose above that violence. And he always had a violent element to all of his films. Absolutely. Whether he was making The Age of Innocence. Yeah. Where it was emotionally Emotional, fucking violent. Traumatic violence. Yeah. The way that Winona Ryder's character manipulated fucking Daniel Lewis or the way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the way in Kundun, which is about the goddamn Dalai Lama, the and, violence and- of how they buried people. That scene... 
it's haunt, frightening. I I wake up thinking about that scene. Sometimes. But it's frightening, right? It's, yes, it's so a violent there, way to fucking I, chop I, a body up. And I think ultimately, you look at that within cinema, and the smartest directors. By the way, I'm not one of them. Um, I don't know shit about it, but I know what I like, and I know what I see. Um, we talk about Takashi Miike. Um, oh my god! With, I mean, come on, the, the violence. We can take thirty Ichi, seconds on Meek. The the, the <laughs> violence in Ichi, um, was almost a metaphysical violence. Yes, there is not a real platform to discuss it. This was some sort of deep seated metaphysical issue that was being born because this could not be real. It could not be. Yeah. It was like a Joker origin story. Bringing up Takashi Miike is Takashi Miike 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 is is interesting because he's he's done it all too, dude. He's very much Scorsese like in that aspect. Yeah, he's but done he, like Thirteen Assassins where it's just people fucking scrapping for an hour, and then it was just samurai. It was, fucking it was good but, versus bad, peasants versus it was the pro- proletariat versus the bourgeoisie. But what about his his um his magnum opus of violence, which has to be audition. <sighs> Am Audition's I wrong? A really, really tough movie. That's um, violent in a way that I you, had never quite seen before. If you've been through a really manipulative, bad relationship in your life, there might not be a more significant movie to watch. And if you guys haven't watched this out there that have been through a truly traumatic, manipulative relationship, and some of you haven't, that's great. I haven't necessarily, to be honest with you. (laughs) No, nothing's like that. This is a, a, a representation of manipulation within the context. This is a, a power interplay and a power change I'm in charge, then you're in charge, and I don't know what happened. It was uh, a pivotal movie. It changed. It is. It changed gender dynamics in in that world. A hundred percent, especially in Japan. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of this in Japan. Because if was, you guys don't know this film, and we won't spoil the film, but I can tell you, there's a a young woman who decides she is going to enact. I guess in a sense it's a vengeance. Well, violence. Back up. There was a very powerful man yes. who thought it would be cool to because he was involved in film audition people yeah. to become essentially his girlfriend. Correct. More or less. Um through the context of this, he was literally in a position of power. He decided what happened and I'm going to go ahead and say, unfortunately for him, (laughs) he chose somebody whose sole mission in life was to make sure that you understand that she is in charge. And yeah, that's a good way to put it. Actually, the, the context of that was to degrade and humiliate the person who thought they were in charge to the point where they wanted to be degraded and humiliated. Correct. And there was this weird S&M. I'm not even, trust me, unless you've seen this You can literally make an argument this is the most violent film ever made. (laughs) I mean, dude. I mean, you've got, that's why I always bring up like John Wick. 
two hours of literally people getting fucking cut and blown up might not be violent, more violent than no. a movie like this. I, and no. that's what that's the fascination of violence, right? Yeah. Like um, we talked about um, talk about you know De Niro, De Niro, DiCaprio, Ellen Barkin, Boy's Life. Oh my gosh! Which to guys our age. You guys have no idea what this movie is unless you're our age and you've seen it. It's a movie, Robert De Niro, Ellen Barkin. It's the stepdad and the mom. And My guess, Ca- this would D- Leo probably would have been like 15, 16 years old. It was before when they were making this movie. he did Gilbert Grant. Yeah. This was actually the movie that kind of made people realize who the fuck this Cause kid was. Because he was on like Small Wonder and yeah. like all these TV shows. Um, he was brilliant in this. A, people don't remember how good fucking DiCaprio is as a child actor. I think we become desensitized to him fucking 19 year old models. T- his talent. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, but but we have. We're, we're just kind of like, he shows up and he's just good in everything. God damn it, man. In he, everything. He doesn't drop the Even ball. Even the shit movies that I he don't like He doesn't his, drop the ball. No. No. He's never the problem. He's never the problem. It was a movie. It was a, a single mom, rambunctious young teenager in the 50s. Yeah. She meets Robert De Niro, who is a military man, like drill sergeant kind of stereotype in his brain at least in his brain at least yes. and thought he would come in and uh really just show this whippersnapper straighten how to him be out a man. he was going to straighten this shit out. out and this is an autobiographical yes it is thing from tobias wolf that like it was an autobiographical <sighs> yeah and holy shit heavy man. as fuck anybody's heavy. had a parent who that might have been not super all the way there by virtue of you being you. This is the ultimate abusive stepfather <laughs> yeah, man. moment. And uh, boy, that, that again, it, it's emotional abuse. Anybody who's been through that can relate. Um, but there, the violence is weird in it. It's, it's, it's childlike. Yes. And it's, and it's, depiction of violence it's childlike almost right De Niro's character behaves very much like a a young bully yeah he's a child he when, acts like when a he, baby he wants, when he wants to hurt this little kid he doesn't like smack him around or take him outside and beat the shit out of him necessarily right he does things like he'll pinch him he'll twist him yeah he'll, he'll twist fuck, his, you know what I mean yeah he'll he's just like a skin he's a it's bitch like, he's the guy that would frog you the guy that would just fucking torture you but, what's a frog you know what I mean like when you Oh, you knuckle dump knuckle, them? You knuckle thump yeah, them in dude. the arm. Yeah, the that's fucked up. Like, that kind of shit. That's the kind of shit that De Niro's character would yeah, do Yeah, it in wasn't really like, I'm going to smack you up for, for not doing the dishes. No, it was just gross. He would just no, like, it was, and he would, it, it was it was a way of making him, making the young man react in a way that he could then punish him. He could him. then fuck him up. Yeah. Yeah. It was so fucking manipulative and gross and well-written. That's violence. And it's, it's pure... Fucking violent. So, can we be safe to assume that all violence is not necessarily bad? There's necessary violence. I would say a movie where... Like cinematically? Cinematically and yeah. in life. There's necessary violence. There is there is this bad person trying to hurt me and I need to commit acts of violence to make them stop hurting me. 
that's a necessary violence. Oh, the I violence see. Yeah. of war. Okay. Yeah. The violence of war is as horrible as it is, depending on which side you're on, is a necessary violence for them. You go watch. You go watch fucking. Um, you know, Saving Private Ryan, or you watch. You know. Schindler's List or you watch there's there's necessary violences that need to take well, place if I'm I'm sorry yeah. and I no, don't no, want no. to disrupt go, your go. no 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 please when I think of necessary violence my my picture is there is a door and it is behind you and right. I have to, I have to, I get, have to, to get through that door now like metaphorically 100% is what I'm talking about okay there's 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 an objective that's not just an objective of want or need, but of yeah. survival. Okay. Right? Sure. I need to get through you to live. Yes. And that type of violence is in our DNA. We're mammals. We're primates. If somebody says, I'm going to kill you because oh, if you want to get over here to get some water and food, well, you're going to have to kill me to get there. And there's no intermediary. There's nobody around. And they're they're going to kill you. And food and water is on the other side. I would hope that most people have some sorts of sense to be able to say, okay. Sure. I guess this is it. And accept the outcome. I'm not saying it's like some sort of bravery thing. There's a point where there's necessary violence. And in cinema, maybe even more so. Because it's choreographed necessary yeah. violence. Right. There's even more of a reason. If somebody comes up to you in the street with a knife, there's no reasoning behind it. There's no, there's no objective. There's no fucking uh, you know director going. This is the arc. That's just fucking violence. But in movies, there's a violence that can be fucking attributed to something. Yeah. There's no unnecessary violence in movies. No. So we can we can we can put that into and compartmentalize that as something important. And violence is not a bad thing. I just watched two and a half hours of John Wick falling downstairs for thirty minutes. <laughs> there's fun violence, and then there's fucking you know, there's the violence of of anger, of emotion, of abuse. That's not fun, but it, thank God that we have the ability to show it and bring it out to the light, which is the best antiseptic. Absolutely. Speaking of which, I got to piss. And I got to suck a dart. Yeah, let's do both of those things. And then we're coming back with some hot shit. We're going to come back and we're going to leave you guys with an amazing song. Hot shit. By... A very nonviolent cat by the name of Killer Mike, <laughs> which there's no small amount of irony in that. Well, listen, <laughs> everybody knows. I do feel wretched that any anti-imperialist group like ours must reflect such a divergence of interest within its power base. Agreed, Francis. Yeah, I think Judith's point of view is very valid, Rich. Provided the movement never forgets that it is the unalienable right of every man or woman or woman to rid himself or herself or herself. Agreed. Thank you, brother. Or sister. Or sister. Where was I? I think you finished. Oh, right. Furthermore, it is the birthright of every man or woman. Why don't you shut up about women, Stan? You're putting us off. Women have a perfect right to play a part in our movement, Reg. Why are you always on about women, Stan? I want to be one. What? I want to be a woman. From now on, 
I want you all to call me Loretta. What? It's my right as a man. Well, why do you want to be Loretta, Stan? I want to have babies. You want to have babies? It's every man's right to have babies if he wants them. But you can't have babies. Don't you oppress me. I'm not oppressing you, Stan. You haven't got a womb. Where's the fetus going to just take? You're going to keep it in a box? Here, I've got an idea. Suppose you agree that he can't actually have babies, not having a womb, which is nobody's fault, not even the Romans, but that he can have the right to have babies. Good idea, Judith. We shall fight the oppressors for your right to have babies, brother. Sister, sorry. What's the point? What? What's the point of fighting for his right to have babies when he can't have babies? It is symbolic of our struggle against oppression. Symbolic of his struggle against reality. Hey, guys, we're back. Yeah! You can reach out to the Whiskey Reel at 970-426-5344. Penis violence. 970. <laughs> wire. I don't know what that is. 970-426-5344. Um, send us a text message or what have you. WhiskeyReel at gmail.com. You can send an email. You won't Gu- do it. Guys, it's Mia Culpa time. It's been a long time. Oh, you do mea culpa? It's been a long time. That is Latin for my fault. Since basically, uh, since I've done a mea culpa. Nice. Um, I got a text message. It's from a certain number that I won't obviously give out the number. And for Bobby some reason, doesn't have any idea who this person. I is. I don't know who this person is. We've all been in the situation where somebody texts you from a number you don't have in your contact. <sighs> But you act like you know them because you feel bad that you don't know them. So you have this extended text thread of like, hey, man, how you doing? And you're like, I'm doing fine. How you doing? You're like, great. I just flew into Seattle. I'm just doing some work. And then I'm going to be back in Durango. And you're like, that's cool, man. Why don't you hit me up when you get back? And they're like, okay, that sounds great. You have no idea who this person is. Almost a year ago to the day, I had a text conversation with area code 815. That's all we're going to call them. That's what I'm going to call and you. And if you're listening, it's not anybody's fault. This, this is, is not, just what life is. It's just my voice, my Google voice thing for whatever your contact is not popping up at this point. I know a I knew who you were when I was having this conversation, <laughs> but I don't know who the fuck you are now. Uh, <laughs> yes. But 815 sent us a text message, which thank you so much. By the way, I guess going forward, it would be standard practice just to introduce yourself, introduce yourself and say, but Bobby, Hey, by to... the way, this is Chucky C, but Bobby out of fucking, just... Because, by the way, I think this is like a Midwestern number. I don't know. But either way, Bobby is such a mensch that he just was like, hey, buddy, how's it going? (laughs) Well, I haven't even responded to this text because I'm like. Okay. What does the text say? I don't remember who you are. What does the text say? Uh, The text says, what up, fellas? Thanks for the laughs. Also, stop apologizing for the politics. That's half the reason I listen. I'm stuck in a shop with a bunch of old fucks that think shooting a black kid for ringing the doorbell oh, or Jesus. shooting a car through your <laughs> in your driveway is okay. No. Thanks again for the great content and a little bit of normalcy throughout the week. Thank you. Also, yes, some of us under 40 are still listening to podcasts. Yeah! I get a ton of grief around here. I don't know where you're at. That's fine. 
I get a ton of grief around here for being a, quote, Democrat, and your discussions remind me that just because I have a conscience doesn't mean I have to agree with every word out of the Democrat camp either. Loving all of this. Who are you, my beautiful friend? Because I think we could be friends. Also, check out Florida Man on Netflix for a dumb laugh. Yes, we it all is. need some more of that. Look, Fuck yeah, bro. Eight one five, whomever you are, please tell us who you are because we'd love to converse are. with you. I feel like such a jerk. Yeah, Bobby's an asshole. Hopefully next week. Well, I had context. Bobby is a narcissistic. Just to be clear, piece of shit. You understand this. There used to be another guy running this Google Voice account that would really typically handle these text messages. I know. And he knew most of these folks. I have a feeling I probably know who this is. But at this point, thank hey. you so much for reaching out. And dude. Guys, the feedback means so It's everything. Much. It's just tell oh. us anything. And dude, working in a shop which a bun- with a bunch of Klansmen yeah. probably ain't fun. But keep hope alive and when i say that i'm not saying that like you know existentially i'm just saying that as keep your values as your values and we appreciate you and thank you for reaching out we'd like to actually talk to you we can get you on air that's all good so future text messages just to be clear just introduce yourself at the end of it just say by the way, this was fucking... Hyphen Chuck- Charles... This, this is Chucky C. Van Gluen. Uh, I know, because that was amazing. No, that's a great... T- and hey, you work in a shop with a bunch of crusty old fucks? I get it. I used to work in a shop with a bunch of crusty old fucks. They're wrong. I've I've worked at many shops with many They're crusty old fucks. wrong. They are and you know they this. Are. That's they are right. what they are. No, they're, they're wrong. They're wrong about things and they're uh, right da, 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 about da. things. I'm not going to make excuses for people. I'm, hey, back in my day, no, we used to I, I hang you. Negroes. And so that was okay. Guys, stop it. We are at zero hour. We're already at about an hour 25. I don't give so a fuck. We're here's gonna what we're going to do. We're going to eschew. Ooh, I love that word. Spell it. We're going to eschew. It's E-S-C-H-E-W. E-S-C-H-E-W. Yeah, it's S. We're going to eschew (laughs) some pearls of wisdom because, quite frankly, my only pearl of wisdom is that my arm hurts. And that's all I can think about right now. (laughs) Tommy's only pearl of wisdom is to. Tommy's only pearl of wisdom is you better get ambidextrous fast. My arm hurts like a. It doesn't right. really. I'm oh, sorry, fuck yeah, man. dude. From my shoulder to I'm my sorry. fingertips. Drink some more Kilbergen. My uh, pointer finger is numb. Oh, can you put it in your butthole and I not feel anything? I have nerve damage from my shoulder so, to my fingertip. if you put your finger in your butt, it feels like somebody else like is Like someone else it. is fingering. Oh, wow. That can lead to a groovy night. It's a win. It's a fucking win. It is Friday. <laughs> It's Finger Your Butt Friday! Friday. Hey, we're going to listen to a young man. He's not young. Who? He's like 45. He's younger than us. Uh, (laughs) He's a young man by the name of Killer Mike, who weirdly is doing a song with another young man by the name of LP. I've heard of him. But they are not doing this under RTJ. Run the Jewels. Killer Mike has a new album coming out. This is his first release. 
Um, if you don't like Killer Mike... He hasn't done a solo album in a hot minute. No, he hasn't done it in like 12 years yeah. or something. Um, I'm really excited about this. He's working with a new producer. If this is representative of what the rest of the album sounds like, I am all in. Yeah. This is hip-hop for hip-hop heads. This isn't, you know... Favio Foreign and and this isn't new fucking auto tune trap shit by any stretch of no, the imagination. No, this is hip hop. Um, this is hip hop. This is hip hop. Now we're nowhere. No, we're we're nobody to say whether something is something or not. The kids like their trap shit, and God bless you. Yeah. I hate old people telling people what it should be. You go have fun. Uh, meanwhile, I'll. I'll I'll listen to this with Bobby. I'll quietly if you don't judge. Mind. I'll quietly judge you. Yeah, judgy. This is called "Don't Let the Devil" by Killer Mike, featuring LP. And oh, the, and thank you, good sir. Thank you, good sir, is the producer. I yep. can't wait for this whole LP. I'm very excited. The two gunners, the product of many cruel summers. And the description was fitting. They say it's two gunners. Slap chick keys out your cheek until you true hummers. Left the scene the Hellcat scream because we don't do Hondas. But we do Benny Hondas, taking your baby mama. She hostage me in the homage. She kiss it to pay me homage. She work it like I deserve it. She move like the perfect pervert. They say Mississippi burning. I'm sipping, sir, eating sherbet. Watch the world go to hell as I'm laughing, saying it's perfect. Catch me out. After Sunday service, disturbing the church's workers. Tell the deacon we ain't speaking, he 